The following is a fourth-hand production. Ghosts, demons, spirits, apparitions. The very battle of good versus evil. These topics have been explored and debated for as long as man has had the mental capacity to ponder the universe. Yet despite our perceived advances in virtually every field of knowledge from spirituality to psychology, theology to physics, we are seemingly no closer to coming to an understanding of these topics than we were when we believed our own shadows or spirits following us. However, through the years, there have been people who claim to possess a deeper knowledge and comprehension of these matters. Whether they were born with a gift, experienced a traumatic event, or something more, these souls profess to be just a little closer to the edge of the thin veil of reality. Some certainly believe their own claims. Others are mere hucksters and charlatans. And no matter the truth, some transcend their knowledge and are able to enter the cultural zeitgeist based on their claims. The epitome of this is tonight's subject, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Ed, a self-proclaimed demonologist, and Lorraine, who said she's a clairvoyant, have not only been involved in dozens of paranormal investigations, but their stories have influenced over 30 years of pop culture. Are these divisive investigators true spiritual detectives? Fighting the good fight for those of us too blind to see the truth? Or did they make a career out of the gullibility and trust of countless tortured souls? We dive headfirst into the protoplasm and investigate the Warrens next on Hysteria 51. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? The hysteria. You can't handle the truth. 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 Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's alive. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that's never seen a demon, but it doesn't mean we wouldn't keep Constantine around just in case. This is Hysteria 51. I don't believe in the devil. You should. He believes in you. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, I'm your host and head demonologist, John Goforth. I was born with this curse. A gift, John. One that you've squandered on selfish endeavors. Alongside is my co-host and our resident spectral warrior, Mr. Brent Ash Williams Hand. Are all men from the future loud-mouthed braggarts? Nope. Just me, baby. Just me. Give me some sugar, baby. <laughs> Thanks, John. I do like to kick a little ghost ass every once in a while, but I really like to think of myself more scientifically, or at least scientificianly, whatever that sure. word that we're making up is. <laughs> a spectral analyst, if you will. You got the anal part right. That other annoying voice you're hearing is the third host of this show. And the one most likely to invite the demons in, the one and only conspiracy bot. Did they bring beer? Because I'll let just about anyone in if they bring beer. I, I don't think demons bring beer. What happened here, Brent? I mean, dude, I thought you had been working on his understanding of the difference between right and wrong. Case in point, he shouldn't want to play with demons. Oh, I know the difference. He's right, he does. The part I haven't figured out is how to get him to choose anything but wrong every time. Don't hold your breath. I like being bad. It makes me happy. <laughs> 
I'll keep working. In other news, Brent, we have a guest tonight. Yeah, another inhabitant of the lower fourth dimension. The one, the only, the returning guest, Mr. Ray Walden, the fourth. Hey, guys. That's right. Uh, three Ray Waldens came before him, so, you know, it's a lineage. Fourth time say. was a charm? Hey, hey guys. Kind of sounds like shit, man. Why, why does he sound like that? Because I am messing with his feed. No one likes him, so why should they hear him? Uh, dude... <laughs> You cannot Joe Peck him tonight. We're, we're not going to run an entire episode with him sounding like crap. Fix it. I'm good for that one. That, you know what? That works for me. All right. <laughs> moving on. Yeah, moving on. I think, I, I think I'm losing my voice here. I'm a little scratchy today. Well, everyone else's be, fingers are crossed. You you're, get the sultry, sultry tones of Brent for this episode. No, fingers crossed for it. You're completely losing oh, no, your voice. I, I knew what you were getting. I just skipped You just over skipped it. over it. Yeah. Fair enough. We do have a heck of a topic tonight, guys. We are getting back on the spirit train and looking at the most famous or I guess you could say infamous, too. Ghost hunters slash demonologists around right. Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, we have touched on them in several episodes. So one of our very earliest episodes, Amityville, uh, they played a large part in. Now, maybe not in the movies you've seen, but in the real story. So we thought it was, you know, it's about time that we actually got into them themselves because a lot of people have asked for this. And um, yeah, man, they're popular. But before we get into their story, Let's talk through, I, I would say, the most important aspect of their cases. The movies Hollywood based on them. Right. Yeah, we got The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, and then uh, in theaters right now, The Nun. Yeah, I have not seen The Nun yet, so I'm going to have a hard time chiming on that one. I didn't watch Annabelle Creation yet either. I did like the movies. Now, you have to take them with a huge grain of salt. You know, No. Are, even... Lorraine was like, wow, they, they took some liberties. The one that we didn't mention yet, The Haunting in Connecticut, is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, that one she she hated because they just, you know, they just glorified it and made it into something it wasn't. <laughs> Meanwhile, The Conjuring is that true to fact. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or, or better yet, in The Conjuring 2, you know, the way Ed and Lorraine fought the demon nun in the basement. Which it starts in Amityville. <laughs> yes. It, yes, it, it literally, does. Like, uh, it's funny to me that Amityville, they're just like, ah, that one's not even important enough. We're just going to touch on it and keep going. <laughs> so, so the so the haunting in Connecticut was too crazy. But in The Conjuring 2, where Lorraine is thrown up against a wall levitating and said, I will now have control over you. What was it? Val Valka? Val uh, uh, don't say his name. You give him power. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Valak, I think. or Valak, Valak yes. Yeah. I now have power over you, Valak. I damn you back to hell. Yeah. And then she runs and catches Ed from falling out the window and being impaled by a broken tree. I mean, who hasn't had that weekend away? That, I'm sure that was 100% legit, yeah. real. Um, mm -hmm. I believed every moment of it. Well, it, unfortunately, she said that it was a third story, but they only had a two-story house. So, I mean, there's little discrepancies <laughs> here and there. And uh, it wasn't a nun. Uh, it was a candy striper. But they thought that that was a little bit you know, scarier to make her a nun. To make her a nun. I mean, who, ha who hasn't seen a demonic candy striper? Are they? I don't think they're candy stripers anymore. I don't. I, I, I've, In fact, I've, I've, honestly, I, it's probably... Not PC for me to even use that term. For I, I, I have know. never, I have never seen one. Every, you know, you've seen them TV and movies. I've, I've never actually seen a candy striper. No, um, I've seen a stripper named Candy. <laughs> oh, we, we all have, haven't we? I mean, that's <laughs> a common name, Candy Striper. Um, I think most strippers are named Candy. If you just, you know, 
Uh, I actually, uh, yeah, I looked that up. It turns out uh, 73%. 73%. Uh, uh, thanks, Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the other uh, the series of movies that we haven't talked about yet are the Amityville movies. Uh, all we- 1,243 <laughs> retellings of the story. Three release next week, actually. 17 of which have Ryan uh, Reynolds in them. Yeah, uh, there actually are, at last count, 17 films in the Amityville Horror And I guarantee series. you by 2020 that will have went up in one way or another. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we probably we, a conjuring movie of some sort. So there the most famous being the Amityville Horror, the the classic. I mean, when did that movie come out? 70s, 80s, 80 something like that. Okay. I shouldn't I should uh, know that, but No that. one check it. No one check it, but yeah. it, you know, a while ago. And then the remaking of that with Ryan Reynolds. But then there were so many. I mean, there was Amityville in 3D. They had Amityville 4D where they pump smell in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it mustard? What What do they eat? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry Amityville about it. Amityville 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, 79. Someone did look it up for us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, that, I, I know who didn't. Conspiracy Bot. Thanks for the help there, head researcher. Keeping the streak alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's the cash train that keeps on chugging, man. I swear to you. It's crazy. You briefly reference the Annabelle movies. I have seen them both. Uh, Annabelle 1 was truly horrible. Like, that's probably my least favorite of all of these movies that I've seen. Yeah. Annabelle 2 was actually a better film. It's weird. So because they weren't constrained by the the doll did it. (laughs) So what's 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 interesting to me is they're in the conjuring universe, but they're not an Ed and Lorraine movie. You know, like the they're it's focused. Right, they're not in there. They're they're referenced only. When I was when I was doing my research, I literally saw a reference to the Conjuring cinematic universe, like it's fucking Marvel. Well, I they they're they're working. I'm just disappointed in that. And you know, the other thing I'm disappointed in. Well, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. That's a teaser. Is it? Is it? Is it yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Is it Ray? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Damn it, he found out. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and, and by the way, your contributions to the show, Ray, I'm already offended by. I'm I'm not going to hold back. It's I'm smell. I'm I'm going to I'm just going to put that out there right now. Uh some of the things you've sa- said I've found to be offensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your views on candy stripers are just <laughs> terrible. Way out of line. All right, we're going to talk some more on the moves, I'm sure as we go on, but let's get into Ed and Lorraine themselves. You Know them even if you didn't realize. A lot of people, if you said, oh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, and you go, huh? You know, but then you talk about The Conjuring and Amityville, and, and people go, oh, the... The, the the ghost people or the demon people. It's right. funny, like, even if you don't know their name, you, you've probably heard of them. I th- even the first time I saw their photo, you know, Ed's flop <laughs> hair, you know, popped up and Lorraine looking like a uh, schoolhouse marm She's from a marm, the yeah. early 1900s. I'm like, I recognize those people right. and I don't know why. Right. You know, they, like you said, they're the ones with the haunted me. They have the haunted doll. Now, if you've watched Annabelle, spoiler alert, it's not. It doesn't that, look like that. No, it's much much creepier. It's a Raggedy Ann doll. <laughs> it's a big ass Raggedy Ann doll. So Stacy and I um, watched Annabelle for the first time. He got quiet there. He just like, all right, serious, serious note. S- serious note. <laughs> watched watched Annabelle for the first time not that long ago, and we're sitting there watching it. And Stacy goes, "Have we seen this before? Have we watched this?" And I'm like, "No, we. I mean, I know we haven't." Mm-hmm. And and but there are moments where you're like, "Oh, that kind of seems familiar," and then you realize, "Oh, we saw the boy." That was the other movie made about oh, a haunted yeah, doll. Yeah, 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 yep. <laughs> it was a little bit different. It was, of course, a different story and completely fictitious as opposed to Annabelle. But it was, <laughs> there are moments where you're like, oh, that's similar. <laughs> it, 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 and they did come out 
similar timing. It's it's very much the uh, deep impact slash yeah. the core. The co- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's a it's a retelling of the same story, right? In its own eyes. So right, let's let's talk about who these people are. You know, we've said that they're paranormal investigators and they are authors. Uh, oh, are they, they are, authors? Or are they authors? Um, they're also optioners. <laughs> they option a lot <laughs> yeah. of material. So Ed was a World War II United States Navy veteran and a former police officer who became a self-taught and self-professed, gotta love it, demonologist, author, and lecturer. I am claiming it now. I'm a self-professed demonologist. I can't really back that up. But I'm self. But you don't need to. You no, don't need to. No. Now Lorraine, on the other hand, is a self-professed clairvoyant and light trance medium Hot. who worked closely with her husband. So it's funny. Even if you go to their website, they differentiate. They don't say they're both demonologists. Oh no 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 no. And he wasn't. He grew up in a haunted house, and he said, and was plagued by these things as a child. Whereas you know he was just experienced that she was the the clairvoyant and she she could she was the medium you know and so very different he was just plagued she was cursed and if you listen to her she will tell you that early in their relationship she didn't believe in any of this hooey that uh he believed in all of it and he was an artist as well and he would want to draw photos mm-hmm. of the uh, he would haunted find out about haunted house. houses in the area in the uh, where in the northeast and he would go knock on the door and say, hi, I'm an artist. Your house is haunted. He would stand in the road and just start drawing. And they said the curtains would open. People were like, what the, what the hell is this guy doing? And she would go knock on the door and like, my husband <laughs> likes to draw haunted houses. Then they would sell the paintings or, or the drawings to these people. So it was like, it was even creepier. Like he would just stand there and do it. And the people were like, what the hell's going on? And it was like this this scheme they had to make money. So you've got this crazy stuff happening in your house that you're not a big fan of. Hey, would you like a memento to commemorate it? Or, or do you think they just picked random houses and said, your house is haunted? <laughs> I know I would do that. Yeah. Like, you, you got to wonder. Ding dong. Yeah. Do you hear that creaking? That's that's not the wood. It uh, does, yeah. Here you go. It does go to show you what a different world we live in. If somebody was standing in front of my house drawing something and just staring at it, I'd I, I, I'd probably go hit him with my car. Honey, did you invite Brent over? <laughs> <laughs> In 1952, the Warrens founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, NESPER, the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. That's, you know, that's pretty cool. Not not per se the first, but it is still around. I thought the oldest ghost hunting group in New England was the church. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> 10 points to John. They don't hunt ghosts. The ghosts just come to them. No, the, uh, the puritanicals. Of the world, you know, going all the way back to Salem. Yeah, right. Oh, that's true. Well, <laughs> I'll be damned she did float. <laughs> uh, and they authored, as we kind of touched on, numerous books about the paranormal and about their private investigations into various reports of paranormal activity. They claim to have investigated over 10,000 cases uh, during their career. And the Nesper uh, uses a variety of individuals, including medical doctors, researchers, police officers, nurses, college students, candy stripers, and members of the clergy in its investigations. Kind of kind of makes you think of like the whole Bigelow and, uh, you know, they're using scientists and things to try to figure things out. Two things. One, candy stripers are not scientists. Two, I don't even think that's true. I think you just threw that in. You can't prove it. It's true. I can't. <laughs> okay, for all you candy stripers in history of nation, please tell John that you're a scientist. Yes, yes, exactly. We'll, 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 we'll prove it. 
when this comes out. They work in a medical field that's scientific. Okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, 10,000 cases yeah, yeah. over their career. If they let, let, let's do some math here. If they did an average, that's, that's a Wilt Chamberlain numbers there. <laughs> <laughs> if they did an average of what ten cases a year, well, that's not no, possible. Ten a month, uh, like ten a month, one hundred and twenty. I mean, ten thousand cases divided by, let's say, one hundred and twenty. It'd be eighty-three years. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so they're doing they're doing they're doing a case a day, is well, <laughs> because when they investigate a case, uh, they go, hmm, "Well, that's interesting." Next, I investigated that. You know, it, yeah, no, I know. I, you I know just, who knows? Who it's knows? just ostentatious. When you're a point. light trans medium, you can just pound through these. That's things. a good point. When you're, I mean, you're cl- clairvoyant. You just sit and think about it for a second, and boom, you're yeah, done. But she projected herself into these cases. <laughs> Astrally, <laughs> well, so, but I'm I'm the, worried about these people. I'm really worried about them. You know why? Because that? they're doing all this good work, yeah. and and I mean, and it's, it's out of the grace of their heart. They did it for free. They, they did didn't. it. How could they possibly make money? Well, guess what? Uh, turns out, when you do this stuff for free, you can write books about it, and oh. you can you can go to someone's house and say, "Hey, uh, see that lamp? It's haunted. I'll take it from you and put it in my museum." I love lamp. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. <laughs> Thanks. That's a good one, Steve. I'm going to take that lamp and uh, put it in my haunted museum, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to go in there. And guess what? Then they go, well, these people have a museum. They do all this stuff. Why don't you come and lecture? And they go, well, for a nominal fee, I sure will. So, uh, yeah, turns out the money just kind of comes to you. But... They did not charge these fine people. No, that's true. They they have more of a intellectual property play going on uh, like than you a, said, a direct charge. Like you said, the stories of ghost hauntings popularized by them have been adapted into so many films. 17, as we said, just in the Amityville series alone. There are so many others. I mean, these people are, as you said, very good at optioning. The movies have even spawned crazy amounts of lawsuits one of my favorite ones in the entire pantheon of their lawsuits came down to warner brothers having to prove if they would have actually not settled if ghosts were real or not right so a guy named gerald brittle who claims that he uh signed a contract well i guess he no he did, did. He no, there's did no claim no he absolutely uh, did with uh and lorraine warren you're so skeptical you're like you're like he claims to legally be have a binding contract well there's <laughs> there's more to this lawsuit that we're finding out afterward than we originally thought uh for instance one of the producers on the original conjuring was actually the mastermind behind the lawsuit Ab- so that's absolutely. why i say that like there's a lot of there's a lot of hidden intricacies here but the point the overall point of the lawsuit was he owned the rights Warner Brothers made a bunch of movies, made $900 million off of mm-hmm. them, and he said, you can't do that because I own the rights. Warner Brothers came back and said, no, 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 these aren't stories that we're doing. We we're just we're just restating historical facts. Yeah, so he had the rights to their investigations, but they said, you don't, you don't have the rights to a historical event that is fact. So he said, great, if this is a historical fact, you can prove it. Prove these ghosts really existed, right? Because uh, or give me nine hundred historical facts dollars. have to be have to be validated. Uh, we actually have some audio from when it went to court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. 
that's, All right, that's, that's not exactly a, it. That's that might not actually be it. Yeah, I didn't know Tom Cruise was an actual lawyer. Yeah, oh. it's it's true. It, it, oh. He's a very he's a very multifaceted uh, entertainer. But it actually didn't go to court at no, all. Yeah. It was settled out of court. Yeah, Brittle he he came forward. He's like he actually came out and said the guy who had optioned all their stuff. Ghosts are not real. Like he was just like all these stories are bullshit. Right. And he's the one that they gave the rights to, and he said this is all BS. It was setting up for this awesome dramatic trial, and it fizzled out, and they settled out of court, as would you do. But it was how kind of, awesome that would have really taken the the news by storm if they would have had to have actually a, tried to f- prove that in one way or another. It could have been the next great movie, like the Halloween version of Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. Every time a bell rings, wrong movie. A demonologist gets its. <laughs> I don't know poker. I don't even have an idea. It's not even a good joke that you're ruining. What is a uh, miracle on 34th Street? Wasn't that where they have to prove the existence of Santa Claus? That's isn't that the every time? No, what no. is that? That's what's a wonderful life. life. I don't know. Womp womp. <laughs> it's not that wonderful. <laughs> Brent bah humbug. That's that's essentially what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting. So I mean, we haven't even gotten the meat of it. We're just talking about some of the 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 outlying things on, on these stories and, and how controversial they already are. And that's just one of the times that Warner Brothers, pretty much when they make a movie about this, they get sued. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the Conjuring universe is costing a lot of money. But you know what we should do? We should talk about these actual events, not just the movies. And we'll do that after the break. Oh, look at you. Yeah, thank you. I'm Hysteria 51. I need a raggedy end all. You know what? We want the haunted Raggedy Andy. You have a haunted robot. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I, I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever we love rosetta stone and we actually are users david you've really been using it even for longer than i what's your experience been like oh it's been great the thing is uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it so it's very high on pronunciation too so <laughs> you can you know learn how to speak and you know our show is all about proper pronunciation <laughs> in that pronunciation yeah that's right but it's it, they design it for long term retention, you know. It, and yeah. uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you you say it until you do, and then you know that that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why you know this has been trusted by experts for thirty years, and there's over twenty five different languages that you can learn, and people, millions and millions of users use it because, like you said, it does seep in, and you're using it with you know you get speech recognition, and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally though, this is something that we use and we have, both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long-term and uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. 
get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Who would win in a fight between Seabot and a haunted Raggedy Ann doll? Me, you break. <laughs> the Raggedy Ann doll, even if it's not haunted, is probably more um, menacing. <laughs> yeah, and it puts in more work, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, much gets a lot more done. Yeah, it put a lot more effort in. That's for sure. While we were at break, guys, my phone started talking to me out of nowhere. I've never seen this before. My my iPhone told me how much screen time I averaged in the last week, for, uh, in case you're wondering, four hours and 50 minutes. Is that per day? Like you're on your phone for four hours a day? No, no, that's that's a week. That's a whole week. Are you serious? That seems incredibly low then, especially the time you spend in airports and stuff. Just stare. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, no, it does. You're right. Like, I, I don't I, I think. I think your phone's a liar. I is what I'm getting. Well, it at. says you averaged four hours and fifty minutes of screen time last week. I suppose that could. Oh God, no! It is per day. <laughs> how how could you get five five hours? You, you had ten minutes to go five hours. That's weak. That's um, that's rookie numbers. That, that's that's it's true. But my point is, is it pointing this out, saying that I'm on my phone too much because we're sitting sitting and talking about Valak and all of the demons and ghosts? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and they're like, get off your phone. <laughs> That's exactly what they sound like also. I don't know if you know. <laughs> if you're going to be a demon, they always teach you that voice class. That voice, yeah. You must talk like this. <laughs> yeah, but why? Like, I am, you know, I don't know. It's either, I, it's either Valak or Tim Cook. One of I the saw two. something on, uh, speaking of ghosts, I saw something on Facebook. It's like, why are all these ghosts in haunted houses always from the 1800s? Where's like some dirtbag whore who died in 2007 hunting someone going like, I'm Britney, bitch. I'm Britney, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, where are those ghosts? Why is, why is it always like Donald, who was killed by a runaway manure cart in the 1700s, who happens to be haunting you? <laughs> Let's talk some of the actual cases, and we've already talked about uh, this one, so let's get it out of the way, John. Annabelle, the Raggedy Ann doll gone rogue, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. Man, uh, according to the Warrens in 68, two roommates claimed their Raggedy Ann doll was possessed by the spirit of a young girl named Annabelle Higgins. And they say the doll behaved strangely and why that i mean it would do things it wouldn't move they wouldn't be where they left it stuff like that and a psychic medium now this not being lorraine a different psychic medium told them the doll was inhabited by the spirit of a dead girl named annabelle and they say the student and roommate tried to accept and nurture the spirit because they felt bad it's a little girl she's dead and the doll reportedly um, became malicious and did frightening things quote unquote and it was at this point the warrens say they were first contacted and they removed the doll from the people and actually put it in their museum to which a lot of times they do like you can like dial in or, or whatever they have like a camera on it and stuff at, at sometimes and they actually said uh that was just a demon pretending to be the little girl it's demonically possessed you skipped so much of this story they weren't roommates they were married and one of them was pregnant and don't forget that also annabelle wasn't a young girl but a runaway 20 something year old who went and joined a cult you're you're confusing this with the movie oh oh am i yeah you mean i thought that one seemed strange i knew i knew knew, i knew both of those stories like wow there's a lot of uh, raggedy ann dolls out there You're, you're saying that the movie didn't exactly go along with the proclaimed story yeah how about that how about that so huh. it, they, here here's a funny Great job they, they took the doll they told the roommates it's it's being manipulated by this human presence they put it on display in the family's occult museum and like you said uh it, it, it comes up in annabelle the conjuring annabelle creation all that stuff this doll plays into in one way or another Cash cow doll. We're just going to cruise through these, tell yeah. you the stories. We'll get to, if the, if the stories have problems, I'm not saying they do, but if they do, we'll get to those in a bit. That's right. Next one up, the infilled poltergeist. The crooked man stepped forth and rang the crooked bell, and thus his crooked soul spiraled into a crooked hell. <laughs> That is exactly how it happened. I am sure. Thank yep. you. Thank you, movie. <laughs> so in 77, the Warrens investigated a claim that a family in the North London suburb of Enfield was haunted by poltergeist activity. Now, poltergeist are something that a lot of times will haunt a person and follow them. Carry uh, Ann. Yeah, yeah. Carry don't go towards the light. <laughs> this doll is clear. <laughs> so Wait, while, why, are you, but why are you holding your boobs? And I, you would, that? I wouldn't worry what about is, it. Uh, that's, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that woman's name, but what a weird accent that was. 
Well, I, she was also like four foot tall or four foot whatever, you know, very little. She's great. She was great in that. In that she would like. I don't think that movie is nearly as creepy and haunting as it is without that actress. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was great. Yeah. She was great. So uh, while a number of independent observers dismissed the incident as a hoax carried out by uh, this is the quote unquote attention hungry children, the Warrens were convinced that it was a case of demonic possession. So this is so we mentioned this happens in London. It's investigated by a reporter and a local paranormal investigative person or team before the Warrens ever get involved. And in fact, police came in and said that they saw things. And these are things that were actually put in, into the record. And people oh, said the, the cops yeah, said yeah. they saw stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, the Warrens claim that the church asked them to come. The church says we didn't do that. Yeah. Which. Um, so somebody contacted the Warrens. Yeah. They flew across. They the took pond a trip and, across. across uh, they, they came over from the colonies to say hi. Yeah. And and uh, they came in and. uh did their thing, helped them out, they say, and, and and got rid of said, if you're following along at home, another demonic possession. You know, if you if you the one thing I will say about these stories, this does not take away from their validity in any way, because this this actually could strengthen their validity. Many of these stories read very similarly. Yes. And as you, you're going to pick that, I, I was hoping they would pick that up as we went along. Absolutely. <laughs> like they are um, bang, boom, pow. I mean, when, I, when I, I mentioned my wife and I, we've seen all of these. She she loves like these the. The quick scare, you know, the I don't like uh, jump scares. I like because that's not a scare. That's a startling, you know, like you can be startled by anything. I like actual like psychological, you know, scary stuff. And you prefer to 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 portray it on other people. Yes. To actually scare other people. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm got the long game going with producer Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when we were watching, I buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Thank you. Thank when you. we were watching The Conjuring Two, again, this is the second time now. My St- uh, my my Stacy, my wife Stacy. <laughs> I do declare. Uh, my wife turned to me and she said, "Have we seen this?" And I'm like, "No, no, we haven't. It just it's it's just very similar to a lot of these no." Stories. <laughs> oh man yeah I, it's it's yeah. would you like to ride the bone train exactly how it went I'm yes sure. yes so next we got the perrin family so in 1971 the warrens claimed that the harrisville rhode island home of the perrin family was haunted by a witch who lived there in the early 19th century and according to the warrens bethsheba sherman hell of a name Bet she was hot. <laughs> no, that's terrible. I mean, I she, guess all women in the 19th century were hot. She, well, she was. She actually was the first candy striper. If you look into that. You, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, she cursed the land so that whoever also lived one there, of those things you're not going to find in Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she cursed the land so that whoever lived there somehow died. And this story, yeah, that's right. It's subject to the 2013 film The Conjuring. Lorraine Warren was actually a consultant on the production, and she had a little cameo in the movie but that has nothing to do with how valid this one is and how mm-hmm. invalid uh a haunting in connecticut is. And, and they the uh the uh the warrens say that they went and they they researched the land and found out what happened and she was used her psychic trance medium now this one wasn't a demon this one was a haunting this was right yeah so they're we're we're breaking the mold here a little bit it was just an old dead witch candy striper. and a lot of times a lot of these stories involve both yeah, ghosts and I mean, man demons. And John, if they're bad, they go hand in hand. Right, I mean, come on. Right, right. I just have one question. 
she blessed this one. She also had a cameo. Will the first Marvel movie that doesn't have Stan Lee in it, will he be like, this is an abomination. <laughs> this is the worst interpretation of my work that I have ever seen. Right, right, right. Well, there's been a lot of them in the previous years that he wasn't in, you know, so. Like and they the, are uh, abomination. The Roger Corman fan, yes. uh, Fantastic Four. <laughs> if you haven't seen it. I mean, it, that makes sense, yeah. You guys have to see it. You download it. Go find it. It is wonderful. When Mr. Fantastic stretches, it is just delightful. <laughs> oh. Anyway, it was one of those movies they were going to lose the rights to it, so they had to pump one out really quick and they pumped it out they did they yeah. got it done moving along to the granddaddy the big one the cash cow movie wise amityville mentally ill from amityville <laughs> the warrens were probably best known for their involvement in the 76 amityville case that is what they're best known for uh it was a new york couple george and kathy let's claimed that their house was haunted by a violent demonic presence so intense that it eventually drove them out of their home. Now let's let's preface that with something else. They bought this house right after the DeFeo family was slaughtered by their their son Ronnie DeFeo, and he killed them in their their beds as they lay asleep. And he there was talk that he said he was the demon told him to do it. So the Lutz has been up buying the home, and there was some weird stuff about the murders. They uh, the coroner said that everybody every body that was found appeared as if it was shot while sleeping but they shot at different times they in different rooms correct it was one guy that went room to room to room mm-hmm. so obviously by like the sixth somebody would have woken up it, it's in you get into this and this is a whole other thing a lot of people feel that the sister was involved and, the, and a friend it wasn't just a one-person job and yada, yada 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 but that's neither here nor there that's not what we're talking about we're talking about what happened afterwards with the lutzes moved in and said horrible intense haunting and they they left very quickly. So the Warrens have stated repeatedly, this is not a hoax. This house was, it, it was tainted ground. Even goes back as far as they say that that land was on Indian burial ground where they buried the bodies facing down because they were the bad people. And, and, all, and all as a function things. of that, the house itself has become really iconic. In its look with those windows, <laughs> which unfortunately are not there anymore. They aren't there anymore. But, but man, like, they're so iconic when you mentioned, okay, you mentioned how in the beginning of The Conjuring 2, it starts in Amityville, mm-hmm. right? Before they say what's going on, yeah. it's panning back from those windows. And I don't know about you, I instantly oh, knew. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, and the house with the original windows looked like a face, like an evil almost presence or something. And they, I think they knew that, the the people that were behind the original showings of the house for the book cover. and for, was, oh, it on, yeah. was it on the book cover? Oh, and uh, it because was the only lights coming through that window. Right, because yeah. my, that's the side of the house. That's not even the front of the house. No, not, but that's what you see from the, yeah. Sure. That, that's, that, it's one of those, like, turn sideways. It's a beautiful But home. if somebody said to you, go take a photo of a house for the front of a book, and you weren't implying that demons were involved. Oh, that's not what you would. Yeah, you would take a picture of the front of the house, wouldn't you? Yeah, or maybe from the lake, you know, yeah, like right. from the water because it's gorgeous, you know. But yeah, so the, the haunting there, the reported haunting, was a basis for the '77 book, The Amityville Horror, and adapted into 17 movies, starting all the way back in '79. And that book really is probably what we can give credit to or blame, depending on your perspective the Warrens being in the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, it, it propelled them, and then everything else was just an add-on from there. 
Right, right. And then they they were really thrust into at least the, the legal spectrum uh, with The Devil Made Me Do It, The Trial of Arnie Cheyenne Johnson. This is fascinating. I, I, I really dig this story. And you've heard you've heard people say before there, there's these iconic phrases in our lexicon that no one know, no one's sure where they came from. For instance, it's a it's 11 p.m. or 10 p.m., whichever one it was. Do you know where your children yeah. are? That came from the Atlanta child murders in the late 70s and mm-hmm. early 80s. The devil made me do it. Yeah. That came from this trial. Right, exactly. So it's 1981, and Artie Johnson was accused of killing his landlord, Alan Bono. Ed and Lorraine had been called prior, so they had already been w- in this situation because— They were halfway through the movie. Yeah. They, 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 <laughs> they, they, yeah right. Prior to the killing, they were there to deal with the alleged demonic possession of the younger brother of Johnson's fiance. So they said he was possessed. They exercised him. Boom. Johnson kills the landlord. Exercise the demon. That is right. And so they go, oh, the Warrens go, you got to understand something here. We had exercised the demon, but unfortunately, it didn't go back to hell. It jumped into Arnie and he only killed because he was possessed by a demon and they literally at trial johnson attempted to plead not guilty by reason of demonic possession unfortunately it was uh, an unsuccessful plea and i gotta tell you the warrens getting involved here is is ingenious the reason it's ingenious one of two things is true he really was possessed they knew it and they were going to use every tool in their disposal to try to help Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I guess it's less ingenious and just more thoughtful at that point. Or they know it's a crock, but they also know that they cannot be prosecuted for perjury because you cannot prove or disprove the existence of ghosts and demons. So it would like like think about that. You're going to get your name in the paper, but there's no way you can get in trouble for it. Yeah. How smart is that? And they didn't even have to be a part of this. Like they could have said, like, oh, that, that guy's crazy. Hey, we were the, we know him. Yeah, we met him. Right. But right. instead, instead they come out and say, hey, yeah, I'm exactly. I'm saying like if they were trying to get their name out there, if that was the purpose of being involved, not just coming to this gentleman's defense, regardless of the legitimacy of the case, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It was a very smart idea because there's no way they could get in trouble for it. And that actually came into play in the trial. Yeah, it was argued that no such defense could ever exist in a court of law due to, like you said, lack of evidence that would ever be irrelative and unscientific to allow related testimony, meaning you can't prove or disprove or anything. So we're not even going to allow it. the court didn't even allow the argument. To no, be the made. defense chose to imply that Johnson acted in self-defense because. Right. Because what else are you going to say? Right. And so they were never even allowed to. The jury wasn't allowed to even think about that. Correct. You know, and because this jury deliberated for about 15 hours over three days before convicting Johnson on November 24th, 1981, my birthday of first degree manslaughter. And he was sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison. He only served five. So he got out pretty quick. The case was described in the 1983 book, The Devil in Connecticut. Another one of those people know that term, probably don't really know what it's about. But, you know, but they've heard they've heard of The Devil in Connecticut. And The Devil in Connecticut was written by the guy who sued Warner Brothers, Brittle. Gerald Brittle, because he had the rights to write the books for all this. One more, uh, because I love a quote involved. Snedeker House in 1986. Ed and Lorraine arrived and proclaimed the Snedeker House, a formal funeral home, to be infested. You hear me there? You hear me, Ray the Fourth, infested with demons, as you do. I mean, I didn't put it there. 
It's not my fault. <laughs> and the case was featured in the 1992 book, In a Dark Place, the story of a true haunting. I always thought that In a Dark Place would be the name of your memoir, Brent. <laughs> no, that's I'm in my dark place. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I get that confused. They actually made a TV movie later, uh, becoming part of the Discovery Channel series Haunting. It was produced in 2002, The Haunting Connecticut, a film. That's the one we've been talking about. Yeah, they, The Haunting in Connecticut, know, yeah. All these, lots of stuff about this. But so there's this. This author, uh, Ray Garten, he wrote an account of the alleged hauntings of the Snedeker family in Southington, Connecticut, later called into question the veracity of the accounts containing in the book. He said this. This is a quote. The family involved, which was going through some serious problems like alcoholism and drug addiction, could not keep their story straight, and I became very frustrated. It's hard writing a nonfiction book when all the people involved are telling you different stories. That's a hell of a thing. He goes on to say about Lorraine, if she told me the sun would come up tomorrow morning, I'd get a second opinion. <laughs> <laughs> the Snedekers and the Warrens made an appearance on a television show in the 80s. Do you remember a, a young lady named Miss oh, Sally uh, Jesse Raphael? Win, lose, or haunt? That one? <laughs> <laughs> Jim J. Bullock was yeah. the host. <laughs> um, no, uh, uh, Sally Jesse Raphael. Yeah. And uh, we actually, uh, the husband in the the matter, I'm forgetting his name at the moment. Snedeker. Uh, Mr. Snedeker. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, Mr. Snedeker uh, recounted a um, a troubling experience he had in this haunting. Yeah. Tee us up on that, Seabot. Before he hits play, they they literally put a bed on the stage. Of the of the TV uh, of, show, of, yeah, and it's funny in this episode. You really, if if you're interested in this case at all, you should go watch. It's about a 45 minute episode of Sally Jesse Raphael. It's on YouTube, and wow, it's it's hilarious because not only do they have them telling their story and the Warrens, they also have all these neighbors that are like, well, uh, that, that are that either validating or invalidating the story based on their perspective. Right. It's hilarious. So here we go. Yes, uh, one night. We were, we were lying in bed. Carmen had uh, already had fallen asleep. Um, I felt this strange sensation coming over my body. It started at my feet and, 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 and started climbing up through my body. Before I had a chance to reach over to Carmen to tell her something was wrong, I was froze. I couldn't move. And then I felt this stinging uh, penetration in, in my uh, anal area. Hey, oh. And I, I was trying to scream, to cry out to Carmen to, to help me somehow. And uh, I couldn't move. Um, after, after a while, I don't know how long, uh, it, it had gone away. There was no more sensation. Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. His name's Al. And Al, it says across the screen, <laughs> it just popped. Al says he was sodomized by a ghost. I do not want to make light of anyone who might have been sodomized by a ghost. Go on. <laughs> I woke Carmen up and I said, Carmen, I, I think I was just sodomized by this demon. This happened to me as well, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I would normally be uh, appalled if someone was laughing at the thought of someone being raped and sodomized, but I think it's okay here. <laughs> oh, um, did I forget I, to mention that happened to me too? Yeah, I'm just, you know what? This is bringing back a memory. Um, yeah, that happened. Uh, God, you know, 
just like Dan Aykroyd in Ghostbusters, he got his a uh, he got his a uh, a blowjob from a ghost or whatever. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now is this a ghost or is that what are they, is that like a uh, what do they call him? Uh, the the spirit master the, the, <laughs> the spirits that that sleep with people. Um, oh, like incubus or succubus? Incubus and succubus. Yeah. yeah like, oh, oh, in this ep- in earlier in the Sally Jesse Raphael episode, Al. Or maybe it was her uh, referred to them as incubi and succubi. Oh yeah, yeah. As you, someone should start a band. <laughs> I mean, man. Succubi. So Let's we go. told you, <laughs> we told you these stories, and and we kind of just laid them out. We're gonna go do to I break, make but... you horny, baby? Do I? <laughs> do I make you randy? <laughs> when we come back, we're gonna talk about the Warrens and were they really on the up and up and. <laughs> This is a one of those stories where people love or hate the Warrens. John, I have never seen you laugh this. No, don't calm down. I like it. I, I, I have never seen you uh, laugh so hard at uh, sodomy. And I'm going to need you to put them way up inside your butthole. <laughs> it's a ghost. Uh, people people love the Warrens or they hate the Warrens, and it's a very polarizing topic. So when we're going to come back. We've told you stories. We're going to talk a little bit about is there evidence to – refute or deny or, or or to prove any of these things and you know were they really on the up and up we're gonna talk that when we come back on hysteria 51 this is where we can oh, nice best episode ever yes, yeah. <laughs> Acast powers some of the world's best podcasts here's a show we recommend Hello, everyone. I'm Danny Pellegrino. I'm Jenna Brister. And we are back for season two of a very merry, iconic podcast. We're going to be diving into your favorite holiday movies, recapping them and going on a few tangents. Yes. And it's the end of the world as we know it. So why not close out 2020 with a bunch of episodes of Holiday Recap with us? So we hope Mm -hmm. everyone grabs a cup of eggnog. And a fistful of candy. Cook that bird and Doritos. The oven. We don't care what you're into. Just join us. Grab your bed wine. Grab your couch cocoa. We're getting lit on the holiday movies. We'll be doing 10 recap episodes. So subscribe to A Very Merry Iconic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And find us on social media at A Very Merry Iconic Podcast on Instagram. And we'll have all the updates there. A-Cash recommends. <laughs> It's always funny when it's the older guys. <laughs> I'm not even doing it with the music. I'm just, I'm, sometimes you got to ding. <laughs> I think that is an appropriate time that it is okay that we laughed at rape. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It, <laughs> it's not every day you get to say that. It, it, it really isn't. I, if anyone makes an accusation or claims to be abused by any living human being or even some animals i am not going to make fun of them some, i will hear them out some animals some others well. if you say a jellyfish did it to you i'm gonna wonder all right you know but uh, but when we get into the uh, saying a ghost did it i'm out i'm done so here's the thing you're saying you're done well a lot of people said they're done with the warrens because there are a lot of naysayers and there's a lot of evidence to the contrary with a lot of things that they say so we're going to break down some of the the stories we've talked about hey ray were you paying attention there yeah that was a transition (laughs) we're going to break down some of the stories and tell you 
well, yeah, what might not be true? So we've told you what they said. Now we're going to see what other people say. So let's start with Annabelle, John. Oh, what's let's the, start with what's Annabelle. the problem with the story. Well, no one says it happened other than the Warrens. And that is literally when we when we said it before, we said the two roommates. That's all we know, because they said these two roommates. There's no evidence of who they were. If you saw the movie, like there's no you know specific priest that was badly mangled by the right demon running the doll. Yeah, there, no one else to be named or spoken to other than the Warrens. Can you just have to take their word on this one? So. Here's what's crazy, too. Ed swears when he drove Annabelle to the museum for safekeeping, the doll willed the car's brakes and steering to fail repeatedly, and he threw holy water in the back seat to get it to stop. Like, knock it off. Knock it off back there. Don't make me turn this car around. <laughs> turn this car. You know, the the biggest problem for me. Is that having enough holy water? It, is ever. Crazy. Ever. Yeah. Uh, because Seabot's around. You want to yeah. piss my wife off, P.S., when you're walking out of a church, they have holy water. I always stick my finger in it and touch her just in case. And she does not see the humor in it that I see every time. Every time. Um, I just want to see if she sizzles. This one is so ridiculous. A, a, a doll. And the only way they explain it is, well, sometimes sometimes evil spirits need conduits. Well, you know, sometimes it's a rectum. Look at it. Look at, sometimes me, it's a doll. Let's look at it this way. Let's look at it through the lens of the movies. Whether you believe or don't believe the accounts that happened in The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, even the haunting in Connecticut. The one thing that is true, the stories line up fairly well with what the participants said. Right, right. Now they might be accentuated here and there. The the entire table didn't fly across the room. A cut move five feet. But but it the essence of the story goes along with what the witnesses proclaim to have happened. In Annabelle. It's just we have an evil doll, and we're going to create right. a new story around the evil doll. So there's a little bit – there's a little caveat to this, too, because a lot of people are like, well, where the hell did this come from? And the people that were looking into this story have delved in to try to figure out what's going on. Well, remember that little show called The Twilight Zone? I, they're bringing it back, by the yeah. way. Oh, yes, yes. Jordan Peele. He's, oh, Jordan Peele's bringing yeah, – yeah, yeah, yeah. He's For he, CBS, right? He's, like, delved into, like, the horror. He's got his – he's really good at horror. Oh, yeah. They, Get Out was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of the old – Twilight Zone. Back in 63, they have an episode called The Living Doll, and they had a doll in there called Talkie Tina, and it was evil. It was possessed. Here's the kicker. The mother of the child who had the doll? Deborah. <laughs> Annabelle. Annabelle. Who'd have thought? <laughs> Who'd have thought? Wow. So, yeah, hmm. they, there's nothing out there. If they really took it from that, God, that's lazy. At least don't call it Annabelle. Like, make it a little bit different. The, one of the stories that Ed and Lorraine reported on that we didn't get into they said they were on a plane, and every time the lightning would flash, Ed would look out the window, <laughs> and there was there was, guess, a, was there a gremlin out there? On the wing! It was them and their best friend, John Lithgow, uh, <laughs> flying, and it was the damnedest thing. But don't ask John Lithgow. He'll say, no. uh, he'll be like, oh, what are you talking about? No. They also, I don't know if you know, the it's a, their house is a museum slash mogwai farm. <laughs> so... Speaking of uh, said things, yeah. So, uh, bright light, bright light. <laughs> infield. Remember the infield poltergeist in, in jolly old England. We talked about this. 
this had a lot of corroborating people. The police said they saw things, the local reporter who dove into it. But what most of the investigators took away was that these girls were playing pranks. Uh, Joe Nickel wrote a detailed piece for Skeptical Inquirer in the July-August 2012 piece. It was referencing numerous sources that reveal how most of the paranormal happenings in the Hodgkin's house occurred when no one was actually looking at either Janet or Peggy, such as an instance of objects being flung across the room. And there's an audio recording of a dresser falling on the floor, seemingly on its own accord. And they revealed that it very likely could have been footsteps creeping up to the dresser just prior to the collapse. Now, I'm sure someone would say those were ghost footprints, you know, creaks that you heard. Instances where the poltergeist seemed to converse with Janet happened mostly when Janet and or Peggy were behind a closed door. And when the voice would manifest in the presence of others, it was painfully, he said, obvious. Janet had learned to throw her voice, i.e. she was practicing ventriloquism. So there is a... Poorly. <laughs> uh, we, we mentioned how there was reporters involved pretty early on. Yeah. There's a BBC report that you can find on YouTube that's literally from the week's that this was happening. Mm -hmm. This is before the Warrens were involved and the mustached gentleman that was the paranormal investigator in England is the primary uh, source material being interviewed. And he plays for them a recording of talking to the spirit. And he says something like, are you willing to leave? Mm -hmm. Knock once for yes, knock twice for no. There's a pause and you hear, Ooh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I mean that's it. There's not like in the movie that you know the the little girl like start talking like this. Yeah, it is. There's no way a little girl could make those noises. Meanwhile, but meanwhile, the recording is like, will you stop threatening these people? Yeah. yeah. What you don't see is Janet sitting right there, and her her fist is under the table. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Knocking, yeah. So the big thing, the, the the proof that they have, and this is the thing that always gets me, there's a series of photographs that staunch believers of the paranormal insist show Janet levitating. And if you're hoping to see the exorcist or, or, or Dana possessed by Zool-style levitation, you'd sadly be disappointed. These photos just show a girl, and it looks like she's jumping off of her bed. They literally look like a girl jumping it is really piss poor evidence but i mean she really could have gotten like some shin splints from that that is true <laughs> here's the problem ed warren swears up and down in the demonologist that he witnessed the girl sound asleep levitating in midair did he john i i don't believe he did no yeah well so uh, and, and and i think i think the most damning thing of all was janet's own admission in mm -hmm. 2011 at 45 years of age, she said that she and her sister faked some of the phenomena. The, How much, The, the John? exact percent How much? she gave? 2%. Yeah. yeah she, they even actually talked about that in the movie uh, about it. Where there's he, Ed's talking to her and, why are you you know, making it up? And she's like, I like the attention. And I, she liked the man. Like She felt like the, the reporter was like a father to her. Well, in she's the, afraid he was going to leave and things like that. You know, it's They like, explained uh, it away more easily in The Conjuring 2. Why did you lie? Why did you make them? Why did you? Why did you make it look like you did all this? He told me it would kill you guys if I didn't. <laughs> well, remember I remember that? Remember that? <laughs> uh, I mean, but, that, that checks out. Uh, yeah, yeah. And guess what? It wasn't the ghost of an old man. It was a demon. Now, is is it possible <laughs> that they they encountered a demonic or or angry spirit phenomena and lied? 
Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't bet my paycheck on it. And the the photos to me are just terrible. And that's yeah. just me. I, you know what? Like you're right. The the, the whole was well, we put it like the Dana Zool thing. Like you want to see that? Like she sleeps above the covers, six feet above the covers. <laughs> yeah. You. Li- I literally want Carmina Burana to be playing in the yes. background as I watch it. Yes. Yeah. I was actually. Uh, I forget somewhere in someone's phone rang, and that was the ringtone recently. I'm like, <laughs> number one, I haven't heard like a, a ringtone in a long time. Usually, it's, you know, whatever. And I was like, damn, that's <laughs> hell of a choice there. <laughs> I always I always give credit where credit is due when I pe- hear people still using the ringtone from the show 24. There was a very distinct ring if you were in CTU. Yeah. It would dun, 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 dun. There you go. That's for all of you. You can record that and use it as your own ringtone. You're welcome. Um, but uh, yeah, when I when part. I see pe- when I hear people still using it, I'm like much respect. There you go. So remember we talked about the parent house earlier, the parent home. Well, Norma Sutcliffe is who owns the house now and she bought the Rhode Island house back in 87 and says she's lived there in peace except for until about two years ago oh good old Norma when uh, Warner Brothers threw a movie out and now people are constantly on her land and doing all these things trying to take pictures and trespassing they constantly she says are dealing with this so what does she do she decides to investigate the property like the Warren said they did no proof whatsoever of witchcraft, no satanic rituals, no proof that the woman was ever a witch, anything like that has ever happened on the property, the home, anywhere. Uh, Norma Sutcliffe insists the house isn't haunted. She doesn't believe in ghosts, and she actually keeps flirting with suing Warner Brothers. She hasn't. It, it's not gone to fruition yet, but uh, she says that it's really wrecked her her life. She should just sell the house to somebody who'd be into it. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, it's haunted. Infield haunting. Ooh. Yeah, someone. Uh, Five million dollars. Yeah, someone's going to buy it and, and make money off it one of these days. Right. It, it, it's just one of those things that she said, I, I, there is nothing here. There's nothing wrong with the house. But even to, to, to you know, quell her own mind she researched the property and found that there's and she's not the only one a lot of people have researched this and said there is no truth whatsoever to that now you know but you know what there is truth it. in amityville you'd have to be mm-hmm. mentally ill to think there was nothing in amityville I, by truth i mean that house really does exist even yes. though you can't find the windows and there was really 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 a horrible murder there was in that home. The, yeah. there's no question defeo is still in prison for it yeah yeah and it, it the original crime and its connection to the paranormal is problematic. The connection <laughs> part. Yeah. Uh, given the frequency in which Ronald DeFeo over the years has changed his story, which is constant. Any new claims from him regarding anything that took place, you just got to throw it out. You know, you yeah. can't, you cannot believe a word he says. He's gone from, you know, I was possessed, it was the house, blah, 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 to no, I absolutely did it and I wanted to. And recently it's been I did it, my sister did it with me and, with, right. and the other guy was in on it, which is and, they, they and, actually say that's probably the truth. And that's probably the truth, right? You know? And throw some but also throw some paranormal stuff in there as well for fun. Right. So the Lutzes who bought the house after the DeFeo story has been refuted by number one eyewitnesses. And number two, here's the big one. So in seventy nine uh, this lawyer, William Weber, he said that this guy named Jay Anson and the Lutzes and in- Weber, and they've invented this whole story over many bottles of wine in order to make money. Yeah, literally, I, it was a yes. cash grab scheme. The, I, I've seen numerous interviews with this guy, and and I mean, his story doesn't change, true or no. That they sat up one night, got hammered on wine, and said, 
wouldn't it be great if we did if, if you guys said it's haunted wouldn't we it can, be nice if we can write we a story <laughs> <laughs> we can write a book the, yeah. it'll be it'll be awesome if that's true man that was one heck of a brainstorming session yeah yeah i want some of that wine if 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 we Franzia went, from a box if we all went they were lying about right now <laughs> and came up with the our greatest money making scheme we would not come out millionaires. Well, We'd come out with like a new burrito at Taco Bell. It's like Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein and they also came up with like Dracula and all those people in like one night where they were like having a party and they're like, write a story. Like yeah, yeah. that was a hell of a brainstorming session. You <laughs> yeah, know, like exactly. All these... Then you got uh, the trial of Arnie Cheyenne Johnson. The, the, the devil the... made me do oh, it. Man. Yeah. So what's the problems there, John? Well, the, the main problem. Nothing. Thank you. Thank you, John. We're good. We're good. <laughs> So we we told you before that the plea of the devil made me do it didn't work for the judge. Yeah, didn't, didn't, wasn't even allowed. Yeah, right. And that Johnson eventually went to prison for his crime. Years later, in 2007, uh, Carl Glatzel, David's older brother, attempted to sue Lorraine Warren and Gerald Brittle, Brittle being the, yeah, the author, author of yeah. uh, the true story book, The Devil in Connecticut, for unspecified damages. As part of his suit, Glatzel claims his family was manipulated by the Warrens, that they and Brittle, quote, concocted a phony story about demons in an attempt to get rich and famous at their, the family's expense. Yeah. None more so than little David, whose mental illness he feels was exploited for monetary gain. So they said that um, Ed had told the boys, he says, you know, hey, tell this story and we're going to get you money and it's going to help the family and things like that. And he just talked how Ed had tried to get them to tell the story and to to it's it will behoove all of them to make money. There's a there's a running theme here, and that is that somebody comes out in these stories and says, there were ulterior motives involved mm-hmm. connected to the Warrens. The last one that you we- would know that, John, those are the demons coming through and trying to convince you that it's true. It's I, I, I have no problem with that nefarious. argument. There it is. There it is. There it is. Yes. Um, last but not least, we talked about the Snedeker house, Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Mm-hmm. Um, here's, here's the biggest problem. I mean, we can go over the problems with the story all we want. And I really encourage you to go watch that Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Yes. Episode. Yeah. Especially because just, it's the heyday of that talk. They literally were in a bed. I mean, that was literally like that. Remember we did our episode on the satanic panic. That episode yep. felt like an extension of that. Oh, yeah. It really did. Just fear-mongering. Speaking of extensions, it sounds like Big Al got one of his own. <laughs> <laughs> but if you watch the episode, it's it's all I needed to know, to, to form my opinion on this particular case. The Snedekers feel rehearsed. They feel, and this isn't the kind of rehearsed that you would say. Like, if you went and listened to Travis Walton tell his story even though he's told it probably thousands of times at this point Mm -hmm. it it feels like he's told it before Mm -hmm. like he hits on the same vibes and and peaks and valleys but it doesn't feel rehearsed like a monologue in a play and everything that that family said to the point where they would interrupt each other and the and the, the matriarch of the family Whenever the other ones are telling stories and they leave out a detail that she finds to be important to the story, she she goes ahead and throws it in, which actually takes so much credibility away. It really feels contrived. I don't believe that one in any way, shape, or form for a second, regardless of the Warrens. Just I think this family was trying to to create some shit. <laughs> now, unfortunately, when I'm I, these all run into my head when we I read so much. Of, is this the one where Ed said he exercised forty three demons from the home? 
I think it was the Snedeker house. I think it was that one where he exercised yeah. 43. Well, it, was a, of, it was a funeral home. Yeah. And, no, oh, yes. And here's the thing. He said that that was after the Catholic Church had already done an exorcism. They went to the Catholic Church. They said, no, we never did it. We exorcisms. never did that. And he's lying. Yeah. I mean, the Catholic Church does exorcisms mm-hmm. and it freely admits that. And in, in fact, I read a story not that long ago that they are looking for more yes. priests who will do exorcisms because they're low on them. Hell yes. That, that there's nothing has nothing to do with that. It's simply Man, I better brush up my resume. Yeah. <laughs> it's simply because they make these claims that is the problem. The uh you know the the other thing, have you noticed that with these stories the lines get really fuzzy on the difference between a demon and a ghost? Yeah. I've noticed that you. <laughs> well, because I I feel like Ed throws a demon into everything and it in it, it cuz well, it was a or it was a demon pretending to be a ghost, you know right. things like that. It was a, it was a poltergeist that was controlled by a demon. Oh, thanks, Ed. I mean, because I think when dynamic I think of, drop in there, Ed. I, I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to get too deep in this rabbit hole. But when I think of ghosts, I think of spirits of people that were once alive. Right. When I think of demons, I think of evil entities that came from the netherworld or from hell or from wherever. Mm-hmm. There were never human beings. Yeah, they're, they're, they were not. Yeah. They, so so that those are two very different things, and it feels like the Warrens just kind of uh, smash them into a blender. Well, and, guess what? There is a lot of money and notoriety when you throw demon around. A lot more than when you go, oh, there's a ghost there. Well, that ghost is a demon. And it comes Well, there's a lot of ghost. Oh, that's a good point. There's a lot of ghost hunting TV shows. Mm-hmm. Where are the demon hunting TV shows? Do we? That's what Hysteria 51's TV show is going to be. We're going to go hunt demons. That's man. right. That's right. Yes. Yes. Fucking egg. Calm down, Seba. <laughs> <laughs> I've been jonesing for a new pet. That is not how that, that is works. not what we meant. That, that is, is not what we meant. Put that rope away again. Yeah. No. <laughs> nope. Man. Every one of these stories that we've we've gone through has extreme evidence against it by the ones involved. You know, and years later, a lot of the people, as we said, have came out and said it wasn't true, but they keep going. The church, I said, you know, they deny the exorcisms. People claim Ed, you know, promised money and things like that to get it. There's so many holes in the story. And I know that we'll get some hatred because a lot of people like this is one of those types where people go, I believe that they believed. I don't believe that. Right. I don't. I, I believe that they were out for money, just like where it started in the beginning, where they were painting the house and, hey, you want a painting? You know, this stuff is, like that. For the record, despite whatever our personal beliefs might or might not be, this is not a referendum on belief in these paranormal subjects. Well, not at all. This it's, is a referendum on the Warrens. On the Warrens. Right. Uh, and the Warrens yeah. are, are – to take it one step further, they're notoriously staunch Catholics. Very much so. Right? Most of their investigations centered around f- families that were also uh, of some form of Catholicism. Right. Which for them is apparently the, quote, one true faith. Yeah. Um, yeah. If uh, And, and we, th- we know that because we can read Ed's own words that sound almost anti-Semitic. Read that. Cl- this is a clip from a newspaper. Yeah. So Warren said he believes the supernatural visits may have been caused in part because – Mrs. Passetto converted from Judaism to Catholicism several years ago. And then Warren is quoted is quoted as saying the devil or devils hate nothing more than a Jew who converts to Catholicism. You take the cross of Christ, said Warren. So you're not. Holy shit. Yeah. You're not worth messing with uh, if uh, if you're Jewish. Yeah. But the moment you become Catholic. Yeah. Well, he even said like he was like you were you know, you were a Jew, so it doesn't count. 
kind of right. thing. Like I, he's just, listen, I, I believe in ghosts. I don't always believe in people. That is, I think, the biggest thing this year. And I feel like many are out to make a buck. That might be all it is. And Ed used to stand in the street, like we said, and sketch money, your sketch houses and try to sell it and shit like that. And I just feel this whole time, this has been a cash grab in one way or another. And I think that it's unfortunate because some of these people might have eaten 10,000 cases. There are a lot of them. And I bet a lot of those people really came to them needing help in one way or another. And even if it wasn't supernatural, they were going to tell you it was. And that is really a scary thing. I don't know. Ray, what do you think about this whole thing? You know, I think since it's kind of one of those, they were popular before ghost shows, uh, these movies, granted they made these movies anyway, but, um, I think I, I'm still on the boat and I, I was on the boat before we came in saying, I think to some extent, again, an extreme extent that they thought they were doing right. They, that there was actual ghosts, um, or at least Lorraine, I, I, I may not have, but cause he likes going around demonologists a lot. Like he's like, oh, this is a demon, that's a demon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I've I've been watching a few shows where Lorraine kind of comes in with cameos. She's not always the oh, it's a demon. It's like oh, well, there's something here. We don't know exactly what it is. It's yada yada yada. Um, but it just I think to some extent they thought that they that they were good, and um, it just kind of they ended up out of proportion later on in their careers. So, you, so you're on the they thought they were doing right train. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm not on that track. <laughs> John, what do you say? I, I think everyone knows what I think about these characters by now. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we can talk. Listen, we can talk about the actual existence of ghosts another day. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I certainly believe in the spirit world. I'm not sure. I think our dead loved ones are running around with chains on, watching mm-hmm. us eat pizza on our floor in our boxers while old episodes that of MacGyver really are on. Specific. Oh, sorry. Keep going. I, yeah, I, <laughs> and, and on the phone four hours and fifty minutes a day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, I'm not even here to completely dispute most of these families' experiences, except right. for maybe the Snedekers. Things can happen. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. You had a pain. <laughs> things can happen that just that can't be explained also but psychotic breaks happen yeah very much so. and people lie all possibilities but most importantly we all love a good ghost story we love to be scared but what happens when that fear becomes real well you, you, you've got people like the warrens who prey on it mm-hmm. and not only did they prey on people's fear they took it one step further they prayed on their faith yes and and that i take a, a big problem with right they imbued their version of catholicism in everything they did you know people if you if you just watch any kind of uh opinion-based television people crush these televangelists who the i don't mean all preachers i just mean these specifically these televangelists who have proven to be nothing more than profiteers Mm -hmm. unfortunately i truly think that the warrens are nothing more than the secular version of that. I, I, I think so, too. And, 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 I, and I, I agree very much so. L- but let me be clear. I made a, a, ch- a joke about the church earlier, and I've said a lot of things about spirits here. We've I've said before on this show, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, and I believe in Jesus. I believe all of these things, all of these beings are real and true. God's the true God. I believe in all of that. But I just think that there are a lot of bad people out there using people's belief in religion and so when we make jokes at these things we're making jokes at the people who would use their religion at their own expense right 
Right. Yeah. We aren't making or jokes at, others expense, at yeah. others' expense. We were we're not making jokes about the religion themselves. No, no, not at all. I was making jokes about uh, ghost sodomy, though. About, I wanna, yes, wanna yes. Make sure we... And to, to 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 finish my thought, we are all one hundred percent making jokes about ghost sodomy. <laughs> yep. So what do you guys say, Hysteria Nation? This one is um. I, I think that people are going to have a. It may, I may be off. I think people are going to have um some Anger? issues with us. Not really believing the Warrens. I don't know. We'll see. How can they let us know, John? I think the easiest way would be to go to Hysteria Nation. That, my friends, is our Facebook discussion group. We talk about all of the mysteries of the universe in that discussion group. I think the easiest way for them to let us know would be to go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of... Of Conspiracy Bot, he makes an appearance in Hysteria Nation fairly routinely. The way you can join Hysteria Nation is go to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or just go to your browser and type in Facebook.com slash groups slash Hysteria Nation. There you go, and also Facebook.com slash Hysteria 51 Pod. That is our regular page, at Hysteria 51 Pod. That's our Twitter don't forget Patreon.com slash Hysteria 51. Just search Patreon, Hysteria 51. You can find extra episodes up all nights audio dramas, extra little versions of our intro. I've posted a bunch of the, those yeah, different yeah, versions. Yeah. Of those, the ones that we couldn't really figure out what we wanted to do, so they're little uh, little different versions of it. So, well, then, I, I don't know what to tell you. That's very bad news, Jack, and I look, uh, I hope you guys make a better decision yeah, next that's, time. That's what I was getting at. Right. Uh, don't forget, you can get t-shirts and pins and pick an episode. You get to not only pick it, you get to host it patreon that's where you can do it and tell a friend and when you're telling that friend tell them to go to stare51.com that's where you can find everything links to everything including i'm going to be putting on there a link to a new article uh that just came out we were in top 10 conspiracy podcasts and this time it wasn't just ray's website that yes, did it exactly. it was this was uh, it was in pop sugar which yeah. is a, a real like real website yeah we were in a it was us and stuff they stuff don't want, they you, don't to want know. you to know time suck uh, time yeah dang, um, and uh alien theories theorizing uh i'm trying to think of the other Mulder was right yeah mold yep yep and and a few others yeah so it's a very good group to be with and so we're very uh at least i i don't want to put I'm happy about oh, it. I don't uh, want to speak for John. By the way, uh, the other one in there, the higher side chats. Have yeah. you ever listened to that one? Yes, I really enjoy it. the The host is definitely a believer in in it. It strikes me as everything, but they get high as hell and just and just uh, right. Oh, man, can you imagine if we yeah. are living in a simulation? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to. I'm not making fun of the show at all. No, I really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, John, John, when John's high usually, but it's I mean, it's it's crystal meth, <laughs> so it's a different version of you know. Um, I wasn't supposed to say that, was it's, it? It's the fumes. I'll edit that. I'll edit it. Don't worry about it. All right, thanks. Uh, so don't forget, you can also hear yourself on the show. Leave us a voicemail, 773-669-7277. And Ray, I got a good news. We got voicemails. Ooh. We actually have a bunch of voicemails. I told you a couple weeks ago we were out of voicemails. <laughs> I was lying. Oh, I like to do that from time Shocker. to time. All right, so let's hit us with the first one. Hey, guys, I got to tell you, I'm kind of mad. You know, that last show about that black guy from the South, man, we don't need none of that history, man. I, get, I got to come to you guys for, for uh, you know, my tinfoil hat stuff. I got to get it all fixed on my head and stuff. Okay, I don't need no history lesson. That teacher uh, back in, I don't know what it, what it was, eighth grade or something, she tried to tell us about that stuff. And I said, fuck you, I quit. And I walked out. <laughs> I fucking did. Okay, I don't want to learn no fucking history. 
I don't want no fucking learning. I want to know about them conspiracies. <laughs> right? I'll fucking quit you guys, too. <laughs> I walked out of that wedding with my cousin. She's like, we ain't having sex till, till we're married. I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm going to have fucking sex with my sister tonight. <laughs> so that's what I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> so if if you're not in on the joke, uh, so we did the Robert Smalls episode and people lost their shit. Yeah, a, a lot of people said this isn't Historia 51. Yeah, this is actually John and Brent uh, show and we're going to cover anything that we find interesting. The weird, the uh, it was really weird, I thought, that uh, a black guy stole a ship and, and became a hero and then we don't even really we, know about him. We cover the incredible on this show and that story yeah. is one of the more incredible that I've ever encountered. Yeah, and I, that was an, a, a great voice, Phil, yeah, making yeah. fun of Yeah, that guy, for the record, that guy is obviously making fun of the people who couldn't find time in their day to learn a cool story. Like the guy said on, on Twitter, he's like, well, obviously your show's just trash now. Because <laughs> <laughs> we covered Robert Smalls. Anyway, moving forward, let's hit another one. Yo, what up, dick squeezers? My name is Darren fucking Duncan. Yeah, that's my real middle name. Anyway, I'm the Cool Kid Collector. Look me up on Facebook and fucking YouTube. I want to give a shout-out to my homeboy, Chris Konecko from Jersey, who told me about you guys. I think you guys are the shit. Uh, fucking Jeff Peake, Brad Hen, and uh, Joey Gofist, or whatever the fuck his name is, and that fucking that queer cunt spot or whatever. That guy's a fucking dick squeezer and a sheep shagger, and Bud Light is for bitches. But your podcast is pretty cool, and I think you should do an episode about Jimmy fucking Hoffa. And yeah, we got the same middle name. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Well, you know, uh, if we did an episode on Jimmy Hoffa, that's a little too close to history, actually. Oh, man, it's not weird enough. It's just, I mean, we don't know where he's at. Right. He's right. Like, One of these days, what was, or wait, what was the movie, uh, Bruce Almighty, we're like, they, they dig him up. Luckily, he had his full uh, dental records with him. And all, so it's pretty cut and dry. This was Jimmy Hoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no, that's awesome. Dick squeezers. I will, I'll go as far to say Ray's probably a dick squeezer. I don't know. I don't know. If I want to call us all dick squeezers. I don't know why everyone who Sheep calls, shagger. why does everyone who calls in insist on calling us names? Because they have common sense, you twat. <laughs> Wait, he called you a different name too. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he, yeah. That part didn't count. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, no nose, and uh, my buddy, uh, two time Tony. Uh, you guys, don't forget uh, lasagna Thursdays. I'll see you there. Oh. Uh, my buddy, uh, my buddy out in Jersey, uh, Mikey, no neck. Hey, hey, Mikey, tell your sister I said what's up. I don't know what just happened. That's what he was doing. We... The same shit he was doing. No, he was trying to make fun of our names. I know, and I'm and I'm making. Fun oh, you're of them. continuing it. Okay. I'm I'm having a blast. I'm, I, I Why don't you go forth and play another voicemail for us? Once you go forth, you don't go back. <laughs> no, no, ah. you, no, you keep running. That's a that's you, a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. Yeah. No. Hey, uh, bitches. <laughs> so anyway, I said my name was Haley. My name is actually Marie. I'm on your Facebook page, whatever. So you go to, uh, uh, okay, I already fucked this up. Whatever. I'm really bad at voice notes. So, yeah. Um, I created a song for you guys. I, I wrote it myself. I didn't steal it from any other song, I promise. So, here you go. I love evil robots. That's my fucking problem. Yeah, I like to drink. I got a fucking problem. And that, that, that's honestly it. So, uh, <laughs> 
keep keep up the good work and, you know, helping me through my 10-hour work shifts because those can be tough sometimes. All righty. Well, um, yeah, this sounds stupid. I'm really bad at voicemails, but have a have a wonderful day and a beautiful night. Hey, now you know how we feel when we try to make a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> right. It is funny how even I, when I call, leave some of the voicemail. I'm like, and um, oh god, this is I don't know. It's oh god. Yeah, no. She wrote us a song. Now I want you to write some music to it. Maybe call back and play it. Yeah. Maybe with a, a little guitar. Maybe a ukulele or a ukulele. Hey, uh, you know, you mentioned that a about, dobro. about voicemail. I want a dobro. Okay. And it's so weird. A thing has happened in the business world in a pretty short amount of time. People don't leave voicemails anymore. People don't talk on the phone. If you call somebody and they pick up and I'm like, hey, you know, so-and-so, you're a business acquaintance. Of my- what, 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 uh, uh, what, what, what's, what's going on? Well, yeah. you, your phone rang and you picked it up. That's what happened. People mm-hmm. are – people lose their minds. They, they mm-hmm. No one talks on the phone. But anyway, you are showing your age – if you leave voicemails nowadays. Right, 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 right. Sometimes people are like, are you sure you can't text me this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, sir. I apologize. All right. Well, I think three's good, right? Sounds good to me. Three's think, company. Yeah, the, there you go. Ray, thanks for being on the show, even though your opinion was stupid and uh, we don't respect you for it. I think you're way out of yes. And just leave, leave the leave the candy stripers out of it. <laughs> candy strippers. When did they get rid of candy stripers? Nation got homework. I want you to someone. I'm, I'm sure it's just a Google away, but I want. I want. I'm not going to do it. I want to know. And who was a candy striper? If any of you were a candy striper, I want to hear some stories. I bet it was like the '80s, and the doctors were hitting on them, and and horrible. Rue McClanahan. Rue McClanahan was a candy striper. Rue McClanahan was the first candy striper, probably because <laughs> Rue McClanahan. You know, I want to say to you guys, thank you for being a You make fun of me for saying Rue McClanahan, Tony Nonek. <laughs> you don't know him? <laughs> thought everyone knew him. All right. Well, guys, that's our take on the Warrens. With that said, I've been Brent. I've been Ray. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.